uh, go ahead and get started. So I'll pray a few opening comments. Hopefully others will trickle in. Um, yeah, so let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for your word. Thank you uh, even for this past week, uh, this season, this day that we set aside to give thanks. And as your people, uh, it's, we do give you thanks for all that we have, the riches that we have in Christ Jesus. And pray this morning that as we uh, look at a core, a central doctrine, uh, Lord, of your word, uh, may you teach us and help us by your Holy Spirit uh, to know more about salvation uh, and more about how to uh, even have an apologetic uh, to those uh, whom you've placed in our lives. So we love you. Be with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so, yeah, salvation. Uh, I think a lot of times as Christians, uh, we... We have this word salvation, and it, it can be something that's easy to write off. Salvation, yeah, yeah, you know, I kind of know about it. Um, but it is the core of our faith. Um, and, quote, getting it right is vitally important because if we don't understand salvation, uh, we're, we're in a bad spot. And even more, salvation, I think, gives distinctives to various denominations as well. So, uh, what one believes uh, kind of places them in different uh, areas. So denominations have been split over this. Uh, so all this to say, it is very important. So, uh, and I think uh, in the video this morning, even Nichols is like the penultimate, you know, thing that Machen was building up to here is this doctrine of salvation. So uh, just to kind of, think through it a little bit. Two questions there. The first two, what is salvation and how is someone saved? So if you guys want to explain in your own words. Well, you've read the book too, so we can't be considered cheating. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone is saved through faith in Christ Jesus alone. Um, but not... It's not a work of us. Jesus is the one who saved us. Not only that, that involves, that involves understanding who Jesus, Jesus is and how we got saved. As far as... Well, I love the way Major makes the point. It's not We're not saved by who he is. We're not saved by what he said. We're saved by what he did. The cross, the central historical foundation for Christianity. Yeah. So we believe that he took away our sin on the cross. By taking it upon himself. Yeah. That's it. We're yeah. saved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so two important things there, uh, going back to the aspect of doctrine, we can look at the fact you know, the historical fact that Jesus lived. But then when you add for us, that makes it doctrine. And for our sins, that's what makes it doctrine, um, rather than just the historical Jesus. And the other aspect, too, um, is definitions. They, you know, when we come to theology, uh, and especially 
uh, in areas such as uh, these essentials to our faith, we have to be very careful and nuanced about how we are defining things because you can go out on the street and talk to someone about salvation. Yeah, yeah, we're on the same page. But so it's, it's very important to think through uh, definitions uh, and hopefully you're learning some of those things uh, as we're going through this because uh, without clear definitions, uh, one, you know, may not understand fully what it is you believe, but then also, you know, getting them to understand what they believe and seeing that there can be and often are differences. So, um, so we'll jump into the video here and then uh, dive into some other things. So, um, there's a lot we could talk about. So the handout is really, uh, yeah, a lot of thoughts that I've had uh, over this. So hopefully it's a little bit more than what we're going to be able to get to. Uh, we're not going to be able to touch all of it. But I do want to hit a few uh, key highlights, uh, though, from this. Uh, but first, I do want to ask the question after seeing that. And just from your own experience, uh, what does it mean to have faith in Christ? To rest in Christ's work, not to try to not to try to improve upon it through our own righteous behavior. Yep, absolutely. Any other thoughts? To trust in him and in his word, that what what the word says about him, his life, his birth, his death, his resurrection, that those to have trust that those things are true. And then that next question, what is the nature and connection of faith and works? This kind of gets at the core difference between liberalism and Christianity. Where does faith come from? All right. Good. Uh, it does. It is a gift from God. So even our own desire uh, to follow God 
and do these good works is a gift from God. So this is actually important. Uh, it may sound like a silly question, but this distinguishes, again, uh, denominations. And so all this about uh, salvation is uh, very important. So uh, I thought of one other thing when I write here. All right, so I want to cover a few uh, different things here. Um, so liberalism versus Christianity. Uh, this is some notes that I had uh, in reading through this chapter on salvation. Um, salvation in man, or where does salvation kind of stem from? Uh, and he talked about it in the video, uh, and it's very important. First, before we even come to salvation, and everything uh, that it entails, we have to have a right understanding of who man is and who God is. So without knowing uh, both of those aspects, we cannot come to a proper understanding of what salvation is. And this is, uh, Calvin actually starts his institutes on God and man, defining what that means, and then everything can flow from that. Because if you don't have a right understanding that man is guilty, man is sinful, essentially dead, then, you know, your perception, conception of God is going to be different. Uh, so it's very important uh, to understand. And that's why Machen has kind of built up to this point in the book uh, to make sure that we understand uh, salvation in a holistic sense. So liberalism... Uh, Basically, he, he mentioned it as well, but this idea of goodness and works. Uh, so if man has some good in him, uh, then uh, perhaps we can start walking our way to salvation. However, incrementally, we can do that. If there's any sense of good in man, uh, then we have the ability to seek that good. And, and that's why uh, in liberalism... Uh, I don't know if I put the quote in here, but it's essentially, uh, we can overcome the world's evil or badness, so to speak, uh, because we have goodness in us. Uh, so again, here is a critical distinction that Machen is drawing, uh, that at the end of the day, it's not man that can get to salvation. It's not us taking that step forward, but it's God taking that step forward to us. Uh, this also deals with, uh, Machen goes into the idea uh, of atonement, which again is at the core of salvation. And I put on there, I, I kind of labeled it example atonement. So liberalism believes this idea of master Christ. Uh, what that means is like, hey, we want to follow after Christ. You know, like he's our Jedi master. And if we just simply follow our master, we will one day become a Jedi. It's like, well, that's not really what scripture says. Um, the force is not within us. Uh, maybe I'm running too far with that analogy, but, but yeah, but that's the idea that liberalism has in mind is this experience. Uh, as long as we're experiencing uh, what Christ taught, the goodness that he brought, 
then we will eventually attain salvation. Whereas, on the other hand, uh, what we believe, Christianity believes, is that we are dead in our trespasses. There's no life in us. Uh, and it is God who does the work through uh, substitutionary atonement. And again, this is where uh, that act, our sins are imputed to Christ. He takes on our sins and he gives us his righteousness. Um, so, uh, and then uh, thirdly, he rejects, uh, or liberalism rejects God's wrath. Uh, so, basically, they, they look at the Old Testament and say, that's, one, that's not the same God. Uh, in fact, sometimes they'll throw out the Holy Spirit uh, because Jesus was just, I mean, he was a really kind guy. Uh, you know, that Sermon on the Mount was just, he's a very pleasant individual. But that God of the Old Testament, he seems pretty vengeful. Uh, so there's that aspect of it, but also the God of the Old Testament, in using their language, he really didn't have a great view of mankind. Um, you know, basically, the sin... Uh, that was that we see in the Old Testament and God's judgment of that sin. Uh, they're kind of they're disagreeing with uh, again. This goes back to view of man, view of God. And so, if you don't have a proper understanding of who man is, then of course you're going to kind of reject the idea of an, the Old Testament God giving judgment to sin. Um, versus what we see at the cross is God's wrath being poured out to Christ, uh, but also the greatest act of love. So we see those two things come together at the cross, uh, which is what we believe. Uh, and then fourthly, uh, this definition of good. Uh, this is, I always like to ask people uh, what good means, what does good mean? Uh, and ultimately it boils down to uh, I think goodness equals righteousness. Uh, and, you know, so when we say someone's doing good works, you know, or they're a good person, okay, you know, and like in what sense? Uh, because, you know, we're still all sinners. And uh, so, anyway, just wanted to draw some distinctions that I saw there uh, in the chapter and give those to you as kind of a summary Thing. Any comments, questions, thoughts about some of those differences? Well, uh, on the one hand, I think liberalism um, shows a clear lack of understanding of history. Since I did that humans are basically good. I'm like, have you even studied the historical record? Like humans are not basically good. Mm -hmm. So and they have a very like view of sin too. Like um, God's angry at sin, but like sin is hurtful. Mm -hmm. We we are we get angry when people sin against us. So I almost think too, or liberals just people who have had pampered lives and they haven't really been sinned against much. Because if they have lived a hard life, you easily see sin is bad and you must hate it. 
Yeah. Yeah, and he even mentions this. So this was shortly after World War One, um, And with this idea of liberalism, you know, if we as good people can overcome the world's bad, looking back 100 years, it's kind of interesting because we also had a second world war, uh, you know, and now there are nuclear weapons. Well, if all this goodness is going to come into play, we still have yet to see it. Um, so, yeah, a quick scan of history, you can see that uh, just that's, that's a fallacy. Uh, so, uh, just cover this real quick. It's on the handout as well. Uh, so, the Ordo Salutis there, the Order of Salvation, um, and then what faith is. Uh, so, and drawing some distinction. So, if you remember uh, from the chapter on doctrine, Machen says doctrine is not only this fact, Christ died, uh, so that's fact. History shows that that's true. Uh, and to deny that would be silly because uh, many historians have proven that there was this man, Jesus, who died. Where the key comes in is when you add the meaning. Uh, so Christ died, and then here's the meaning for us. So that is critical, and that's what makes doctrine whenever we understand the meaning that goes with the fact. And here is what faith is. Uh, these facts, so assenting to the fact that Christ did die, so you have to have that intellectual assent, but we also have to have trust or belief that the meaning that it is for us is true. So this is where, you know, liberals may believe, they may assent to the fact of Christ did die, but what they're throwing out is the Bible's message of the meaning of why Christ died. Uh, I will say that there's always a, there's a third uh, aspect of faith in the Reformed tradition. There's assent, there's trust, but there's also knowledge, right? No, you have to know something and to assent to that, but then you put trust in that. And even the liberals would uh, deny the ground of that knowledge, as we've seen with respect to their view on the Bible. Uh, you got to have all three. You have to know, assent, and put your trust in, uh, in, in the object of trust Christ himself. Um, and it seems like the liberals just uh, do away with every single one of those or redefine you know, play fast and loose with every element of what faith truly is. And so you do have a different religion, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, this is vital to understand. Yeah, you can't assent unless you have the, the knowledge. But, um, so that's key. And then two, I just wanted to quickly, he goes over this, but this is also important for us to understand. This is a very simple diagram. Uh, but what we have is justification is an act of God uh, to us, again. And then he also adopts us as his son. So that's a one-time act of God's free grace, as the confession says. Sanctification is, this, is really the journey of the Christian walk. And this is a work of God's free grace. So... All of us in here are in this process of sanctification uh, where we're learning, we're growing more into the likeness of Christ. And then uh, glorification, 
uh, will come uh, when the new heavens and the new earth. I mean, you'll go, uh, but that's when we'll receive all the benefits of Christ. What precedes this is we're called by God. He foreknows, and those whom he foreknew, he called to be adopted. Uh, so where some of the confusion gets into is uh, this process. And this is why it's really important to understand uh, salvation. So uh, Baptists would believe that uh, faith is more of something from from us. Like God says, here's this gift. We need to reach out and, and take it. Um, and we have some interplay, which is more of an Arminian type of view, that we have some say in salvation. And the aspect of accepting it, our faith kind of stems from within. Uh, so again, that is, that is important uh, to understand. And the Roman Catholic Church would kind of conflate uh, these two, justification and sanctification, and the idea of works. So if we have to continually work uh, to make sure we stay in good graces, that is a wrong understanding uh, of salvation. So, And you could parse this out with a lot of different denominations, uh, but... Uh, that's why it's very important to understand uh, the Reformed and proper uh, understanding of how salvation works. So, thoughts, questions about that? It's easy to get these terms sort of jumbled, but it's, it's good to see them in order and to understand each one's specific. Yeah. Yeah, and, and understanding what yeah each term means. Um, so that, and I gave you some verses uh, to tie into with some of those. Calling would be Romans eight thirty, but that little twenty eight through thirty is a pretty uh, lockstep uh, view from Paul. Um. So we'll kind of skip ahead to some of these questions because I want to make sure we have some discussion. Um, so with this understanding, uh, I always find it true in my own life. I mean, we live in space and time in our current cultural moment. I think a lot of these aspects of liberalism are at play today. Uh, but even our own life experience. So in what ways, they're often very subtle, uh, do we, are, are we perhaps uh, trying to merit or add to uh, salvation uh, or think, and it, maybe it's not even that far, maybe it's making sure that we stay in good graces or have, continue to have God's approval on the practical level. So uh, I would say, that on the front end, we Protestants get faith and works right. You know, we are um, saved by grace through faith alone, right? In Christ alone. And unto good works, which have been prepared beforehand, we might walk in them. And as we're walking in these works, then we, I guess, deceive ourselves or we forget that 
In no way does the performance of these works earn God's approval, as if God had only begun to love us, you know, maybe 50%, and then as we are being sanctified, His love for us grows in accordance with our obedience. And we, well, so on the, front end, on the front end, I think we get it right, but then as we're being sanctified, we um, think that you know, God loves us more when we are being obedient and when we're actually doing the works for which we are created. Um, I, I think that's one error um, that some of us have been prone to. And the questions of assurance of salvation will, will come in. I didn't do enough good works. Mm-hmm. So God hasn't approved of my work this week. So I feel less assured that he's with me, that he loves me. And then you're just doing works out of, I don't know, self-preservation or you know, duty rather than joy because God uh, has included you in this plan of um, you know, being zealous for good works. That, greater for because uh, good works are good yeah. yeah right which is why that which is why it's sort of inevitable that we're going to fall into that um, you know that wrong apprehension of our behavior that you mentioned because work, working is hard and we can't help but always but be conscious if we're working that it's hard and that it does involve sacrifice and it's, it is painful and it does involve time and mm-hmm. tears. And even though we know that God's will will be accomplished no matter how much we give or do not give of time and tears and toil, it we still aren't going to feel good or bad about how we're serving God according to mm-hmm. how much of those we give. We just have to keep recalling ourselves always to that comforting assurance that God is sovereign and has it all in control and, and um, doesn't come down to what we do. Yeah. Yeah, how, how many of you will sometimes feel guilty if you miss, like you go a day or maybe a few days without getting in God's Word and some prayer? you feel guilty? But should we feel guilty for that? Does that have any impact on our salvation? The answer is no. Sure, it is good to do that, to spend time because you are in a relationship uh, with your Savior, Uh, but we don't need to feel guilt over that. Um, So I, I think that's one area, or, you know, maybe there's uh, a sin that you've, a besetting sin that you've wrestled with for a long time. Anger, you get angry in a certain situation. Um, you know, whatever it may be, you kind of have that period like, hey, I'm doing great. And then that driver cuts you off. You know, <laughs> like, oh man, the Lord is very displeased with me. Um, and you feel guilt. But the thing is, is that Christ is. God is always pleased with us from a standpoint of righteousness. Because we have Christ's righteousness, when he sees us, that's what he sees. Yes, God does discipline those whom he loves. 
there is the right aspect. But to feel guilt or to feel uh, a sense that it's somehow impacting uh, salvation or your ability, your standing with God, that cannot have an impact uh, because that is set and completed by Christ. And that's works righteousness, right? My relation, mm-hmm. my salvation is dependent upon my ongoing obedience. Yeah, but that, but what I'm trying to show here in this question is that it can be very subtle, mm-hmm. the interplay in our heart. Um, and so I just kind of want to expose a couple of uh, examples uh, where I do think that happens. Um, and then uh, that next question there, how does our current culture, maybe your own experience, uh, conflate or challenge this truth about salvation? I think that our culture as a whole is experiencing the fruits of of postmodern society to where salvation is no truth. Um, how can there be salvation anything? And you've seen this specifically in um, the trans communities, which are structuring because you have conservative trans people who are fighting back against the ultra liberal, very toxic trans people. And you have the feminists who are against certain whatever, and you see all these liberal factions are starting to fracture because they lack truth. And other faith groups, um, Muslims, Jewish, Christians, are seeing somewhat of a renaissance with their culture because we do have truth. Now, whether that truth is wrong or misplaced, but that concept of truth as being solid and something that is more than just your own, um, I think you're seeing the importance of how we as human beings need something that's concrete and solid. So we're seeing the fracture where it, but um, yeah, it's just it's interesting to see that fracture is now affecting the people who were, you know, pushing that agenda and pushing that way of life and belief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great, we have a second. Uh, all in favor? <laughs> well, I think our culture, too, we have uh, the whole idea of like, you are enough, you know, that's uh-huh. so prevalent, um, I think, especially among women. Um, this idea of like, you're enough, you know, I think there's oh, even a much. What's that? Follow your heart. Right. Follow your heart. You're you're good enough as a mom. You're good enough as a wife. You're good enough as a woman. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That that whole mentality. Well, if if we're enough, then where what's the need for salvation? What's the need for a savior if I'm enough in and of myself? So just that whole mindset of you are enough. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not enough. Yeah. Not at all. I fail all the time. So that, but that mentality just removes the need for a savior. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see it easily, you know, in little phrases that we have, like, you do you, which is really at its core, like, follow your heart, you know, do. And you live your truth. Uh, Yeah, which at the end of the day, that truth, that experiential truth, uh, then they find their salvation by living their own truth. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what we're seeing, you know, and I think, uh, as he mentioned, the, the trans culture, you see that a lot. But um, 
And part of what I'm trying to get at in this question, too, is, you know, when we live in a culture, we can't help but to breathe that cultural air. And so understanding how that might also impact us, even in subtle ways, and, and being firmly grounded in Scripture, uh, that you don't do you, actually. You do uh, God's Word. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've said that, but... Uh, when I realized that what I was saying, I'm like, ah, so I, I don't say that to people anymore because I don't want you to do you. Uh, but, but the point is, is that uh, just realizing that there is truth and that's what we are to live. Um, so I hope a couple of these questions um, get at that. Uh, again, there's some other uh, thoughts on there. Uh, any other uh, kind of closing thoughts or questions? No. Um, I think what what really struck me was when we were watching the video, and I don't know the name of the speaker, but he was talking about um, how liberals are accepting this false truth, um, or false, no, not false truth, false peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that directly correlates to what Casey was saying, where it's like, if everyone has their own truth, and if we can respect everyone's truth, then it can be peaceful. But that's a false peace because there is not true peace without objective truth. Mm-hmm. Because then we could be at odds with each other. Your truth doesn't match my truth. Yeah. Yeah, which then you're getting back to definitions. What is peace? Mm-hmm. Um, what is goodness? What is truth? Uh, so, again, these are important things to define. Well, let me, uh, I, I thought this quote was great um, from. Machen just in regards to salvation and kind of getting to our experiential uh, sometimes the way we feel. Uh, So let me read it and then uh, I'll close in prayer. Against thee and thee only have I sinned is the cry of a true repentant. How terrible is the sin against God. Who can recall the wasted moments and years? Gone they are, never to return. Gone the little allotted span of life. Gone the little day in which a man must work. Who can measure the irrevocable guilt of a wasted life? Yet even for such guilt, God has provided a fountain of cleansing in the precious blood of Christ. God has clothed us with Christ's righteousness as with a garment. In Christ we stand spotless before the judgment throne. Which is the core of salvation. We should have a proper understanding of man. That we are sinful. That we are dead. But the greatest message and the greatest event that ever happened redeems us and reverses the curse. So, uh, anyway, hopefully this was was helpful. Let me uh, close in prayer. Father, thank you so much uh, for your word, uh, which uh, we know and understand, but also uh, believe uh, it to be true in what you have said about salvation. Just pray that you would continue to give us clarity uh, about salvation. Holy Spirit, expose the areas in our hearts where we might feel guilt or or where we uh, might subtly uh, work to please you in a sense of righteousness. 
Pray that we would rest and trust in you alone moment by moment, for your mercies are new every morning. Uh, do sanctify us in truth as Christ, you prayed for us. Uh, Lord, renew our knowledge and our strength, but also help us to be a faithful witness in uh, those who you've placed around us, Lord, to be bold for the gospel, bold for the truth. Uh, we love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us uh, so much and desiring us. Um, and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.